This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing. It is Wednesday, February 8th. Man, we're already a week into February. It's crazy. The year's already flying by. I feel like I was just getting ready for the Ike show to kick things off for the 2023 season of BTL. And here we are in February. And what do we do in late January and early February around BTL? Well, we talk about what's going on in the world of bass fishing. And that typically involves the Sunshine State, the lovely state of Florida. And this year, I think more so than any other year, there is a a plethora of events going on. The season is officially underway for the MLF Invitationals, uh, kicking things off on Okeechobee, and then immediately following that, the Elite Series like starts their practice on the same body of water the day after they finish their tournament. We've had uh, Toyota Series on uh, Harris Chain. Then we'll have Elite Series on Seminole, which I consider Florida Lake, even though it borders Georgia. And then there's also... Uh, it's either Harris or Kissimmee or something that the elites are. It's, it's every single tour or trail starts in Florida. So uh, I thought, well, you know, what better way than to let's actually dive into some Florida stuff. It's been a minute since we've had a real kind of educational show about the ins and outs of Florida. And there's one man. And I mean, it, what what guy doesn't know more about Florida than a guy who's originally from southern Illinois and now calls the Ozarks his home? And that would be none other than Chad Morgan Taylor. What's up, Chad? Thanks for for uh, for joining me for the Florida episode of BTL today. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. You know, Florida is obviously near and dear to my heart. Um, and I guess this is the first time in 19 years I have not been there during this time period. And um, so, what's better than being? What's as good as being there? If you can't be there, it's let's talk. It is. All right. Explain this whole, uh, explain the whole Illinois, Ozark and Florida thing for those who don't know, because I'm going to pick your brain about fishing in Florida while I change the date behind me from the seventh to the eighth. It is the second time also in a month. I was so focused on getting all of the letters of your name onto the marquee behind me that I failed to realize that it was the eighth today. So explain your, uh, your affinity for Florida. You know, so ironically enough, and I really never put the connection together, connected the dots. Um, when I started competing in Southern Illinois, it was primarily my home lake was this very small lake, about 8,000 acres, Crab Orchard. And Crab Orchard was very unique in the event that it basically fished shallow all year long. It just didn't, it just didn't have the thermocline or the ability or anything else to really hold those fish offshore for the most part and the hotter it got the shallower they got and it it that's kind of where i started so i got 
you know, for no intentional reason, I just got dialed into that. Well, whenever I became then uh, a professional angler and I moved on, as some of my earlier acquaintances, as I began the top 150s in my career with BASS and then FLW at the time, you know, I made friends with a lot of the guys and they just happened to be from Florida. And I think it's because we shared that passion for that shallow water power fishing type trip. We were all tinkerers and we, we, we constantly was looking for ways to increase that bite catch ratio. And when they introduced me to the Florida lakes, and then I started spending a lot of time down there with Glenn Brown, Terry Scroggins, mm -hmm. Rick Couch, you know, and some of those guys, um, and I don't mean to leave anybody out because I've got I've had a lot of a lot of friends from that area. I just kept gravitating more and more and more in the whole that whole vegetation thing. The lack of contour lines was right there from where I had gone up. Yeah. It throws a lot of guys curveballs, but it seemed to just start making sense to me. Wow. Uh, so three top 10 MLF finishes in Florida. All of those uh, on Okeechobee, which is very uh, appropriate considering what's happening on Okeechobee now, and six BASS top tens in Florida. So over the course of your career, nine top tens. So you know what you're talking about when it comes to Florida. But I would never thought that cent that, that crab what would crab orchard would be Southern Illinois. Yeah, that crab orchard would would be would relate to Florida at all like i that would never have crossed my mind well it's just shallow vegetation water willow and yeah. so shallow cover you know and then the vegetation portion of it yeah i i wouldn't either but that's the connection that's the connect the dots and then you you asked about lake table rock lake in the ozarks yeah that was uh, obviously a later choice i've been here for about eight nine years now and i made that move so that I could become a more diversified angler. Plus I had other things that I was going to work on guiding. I needed to be in a, a bigger lake area, but I needed to work on my deeper structure fishing. And of course now forward facing sonar and my finesse stuff, because I wasn't that good at it. That's helped me leaps and bounds by moving here. And then of course here again, accrediting, you know, my network, Brian mm -hmm. Stone, Pete Winters, you know, um, James Watson lives here. It's Stacy King and, um, you know, Kelly power. I, there's just guys that are studs that live here and fish. Um, and again, Mike McClellan, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And, um, so I, I wanted to, I wanted to diversify a little bit and that's, that's really helped. But, uh, Florida is awful near and dear to my heart. I can promise you that. The first time in a while you're you're at home in January and February. Uh, has that been tough not to to get the camper ready and the new rig and the punching weights and go down to Florida and kick things off, seeing all the posts and talking to all the guys who are doing it? Or is that kind of a relief now with everything you got going that you're like, man, I can... I. I the rat race isn't starting again. Like I'm, I'm home. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's, ex it's exciting to be home. It's a little confusing to be home. I still struggle with some of that. It's still pretty early on for me. And, uh, yeah, the rat race, I don't think the rat race deal has necessarily eased up any, it's just switched gears and moved on to other things. But, uh, at the same time, uh, boy, I really, I really, uh, struggled with not being there, 
not obviously I wanted to go. And um, I looked at going, I, I looked at going down there and fishing some events. Um, mm-hmm. It just, I have to look at things in a different perspective now, you know, budgets are different. Um, just things of that nature goals are different. And, and of course I have uh, different objectives. So yeah, at, yeah, again, confusing, a little bit hard, you know, it still pulls on my, my heartstrings, especially whenever, you know, you get anglers that, that reach out, you know, be before the off limits yeah. or anything, or no information Toyota series that type of stuff yeah they're like hey um you know can i can i can i pick your brain and i'm like yeah you can I, mean, I don't i'd rather be there and not letting you do it but at the yeah. same time it is what it is so it's just a, it's just a starting new chapter for me i'll hey, get you eventually uh, let's explore that path for a minute how how what are your your thoughts how what are the unwritten rules or the written rules you have an issue i mean you're not fishing down there this happens all across the country you've got buddies where you have you know what a five day off limits for info in the opens and also the toyotas there's different cutoffs i'm saying well within the rules how does that work like as far as who can call and say hey man i know you're not fishing this stuff hook me up and who can call and you're like dude i barely even talked to you for the eight years that I like camped next to you. And now you're calling me up hitting for that. Is that like a case by case basis or is there like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you have problems sharing that? Do you have saying, man, you know, I I camped down there for months and months. So, you know, this is my freaking stretch and you got to earn it and find it. Or are you like, I'm not in it anymore. How does that all work? So that's a fair question. It is a great question. And, um, you know, so Okay. It's no different than anything else. Um, the guys who have returned the favor over time, if they call, they get more of the juice. Um, the guys that I haven't heard from in eight or 10 years that call and now all of a sudden they want something, they'll get the general idea. I will, I will, you know, just talk and not expose all of the details. Um, and it's just not fair to the guys that have returned it to me, returned the favors to me or put me in places or helped me out along the way. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'm not as concerned about it now as what I, I once was because one, I don't compete anymore. That's what I try to tell people with everything that I've got going on with my virtual coaching, my guiding, my mentoring and the electronics and all that. It's like, look, I don't have really nothing to hide. I'm not going to probably compete against you down there anymore. It's okay. Things change so rapidly with the conditions and the vegetation that even if I was to give up what once was the juice, I can promise Mm -hmm. you, down there for almost a month at Okeechobee last January and I fished the Toyota series down there me and Swindle went out all the time because you know we were getting ready to go to Harris chain and I was like you know we camped down there and had a great time and and but the lake the, the conditions constantly change and there's nothing you can do about that so that that instinctual that paying attention to detail uh change that is required due to the conditions the wind the, the water clarity, there's about a million things. You mentioned it, cold fronts. Um, it all goes hand in hand. And, you you know, if I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to divulge all of that information for a, an angler who just doesn't get it, you know, yeah. and, and or is going down there to fish, um, not to belittle any tournament at all. But like a, a 
a one day $50 tournament. Uh, yeah. there's, there's no reason to give up that. Cause as soon as that person knows about it, yeah, a chain of and the next day 200 and um, then it's no more. So yeah, yeah I, it's a balancing act, but at the same time, I really don't have a lot to hide anymore. I mean, yeah. you know, and there's not a lot of secrets in this sport anyhow, but how many days would you say you averaged on florida in the winter you would you take the camper and you'd go down there and spend months and before you did that you would stay with glenn glenn down there and do it so i mean it's not just like hey i, I liked florida but you took that but you're it was all time on the water on so let me ask you this i've mentioned you have the Kissimmee chain let me see the let's say the major chains or the major lakes that I would say are three would be the Kissimmee chain, which is uh Toho and Kissimmee. And yeah. there's a, a couple others. I think the Lester percent's all in that chain. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the Harris chain, which is like big Harris, little Harris Griffin. That's got the Dora Canal, a popka that's become there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like the new nightclub now, you know, where everybody goes to the new nightclub now that's a, that's like a pop go over the last 10 years or five years right. uh and then you've got okeechobee which is what the fifth largest like like lake in the united states mm -hmm. or in the world or something like if you look at it so those would would you say those are the three major tournament trail organization venues no doubt yeah there just isn't any other place that st john's river yeah st john's so yeah. those are the four Mm -hmm. All right. So let me ask you this. Do they all fish very similar? Like if you can fish Okeechobee, but not on the Harris chain, or if the Harris chain is off limits, but you can get on the Kissimmee chain in any given year, does it help you to go down and get on the bodies of water and certain things translate every single season across Florida or is each one a different animal? Um, Each one's, each one's a different animal with Okeechobee and Toho with Okeechobee and the Kissimmee chain being the two closest. Uh, and then St. John's, of course it's title. So that just throws a whole curveball into the whole thing. And then, you know, Harris chain. So you've got systems that, you know, depending on the time of year and the weather that shell bars become more of a player, which is, you know, St. John's and Harris chain, now, again, depending on the time of year, you know, and the uh, the lesser of the two having vegetation, those are the two that don't. But then you go on to Toho and Okeechobee. Now you're dealing with a few shell bars in the Toho area in that chain, the Kissimmee chain. But then once you get to Okeechobee, not very many, just okay. in very few places, don't really become much of a player. You got a few shoals that do things of that nature for the open water guys that'll clip you every once in a while, depending on the conditions again. But the vegetation becomes an issue. And now with Toho, it separates itself because of the hydrilla and the open water fish that's pretty much taking over. Okay. So there, I guess to answer your question, the, they're similar only in the effect in the event that they're all dealing with the Florida strain and they react to cold fronts the same way. And that's negatively. And then you have each, each one of them from that point on is a little bit their own animal. Okay. You brought it up. Let's talk about the C word cold front. Uh, Legendary. You can't have a tournament in Florida that is a, uh, you could take a tournament from 1991, bring it into 2023 in the 
preview story for it would be the exact same thing about how the anglers are going to adjust to the cold front and the Florida strain largemouth. But I don't think I've ever had anyone on that actually is like, here's exactly why, what happens in Florida to these cold front fish and why they don't bite. Well, you're on now. So have at it. So there is a few exceptions to the rules that I've experienced what we're about to talk about. And I'll kind of go into detail for the, for the listeners. Typically, you know, a cold front in Florida will almost always shut those fish down. And um, I didn't say they wouldn't buy it. It just shuts them down. They become uh, lethargic. They get headaches. They use certain structures and vegetations and tusset mats for heat options. And then there's, it de- depending on what all is available, and, and there is the key. It depends on what they have available, period. Um, and then the, the, the thing about it is, is how you have to trigger those bites. Obviously, a reaction bite in a mat isn't much of an option. You, you can't throw a jerk bait or a trap or anything that you can cause to that fish to react to. So you have to take a different approach. You have to look at different options, different things, different vegetations, and understand how they're going to position themselves in there and how you have to fish for them. The bait size, um, the presentation, the the cadence, it all comes into play. Um, that once in a lifetime well, a couple of times that it has gone the other way. Uh, for some reason, every once in a blue moon, those fish will not stop coming. And and I remember getting my brains beat out on the semi one year by the height. And I had probably the best practice that I'd ever had, which is usually the kiss of death for me at, in Florida, um, punching mats. But those fish were staging, and I just made a bad mistake. And what happened was – I kept looking for them to go to the heaviest vegetation, figured out what they were under, but there was one area in Kissimmee these fish were using, and I knew it. I mean, literally, I had a, a almost a 50-pound stringer in practice whenever oh. I said five times. Oh. So I knew I was in the right area. I knew this was what was going down, and I just fished them wrong. b Height came in there. There was three or four of us in that same area, and b Height came in there, and he figured out the chatterbait deal, and those fish stayed chasing those big brim and 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 he blistered them he walked away with that tournament beyond belief and i had to kind of i didn't really watch it go down but i was in there at the same time yeah. i got feelings hurt pretty bad so there's the once in a blue moon thing you know the open water fish now are becoming a little bit different you can catch them with reaction baits because of how we can fish farm in open water but yeah typically cold front is all about you know, people freak out when they don't get bit down there and they hurry. And that is the biggest enemy that I found out. Um, they just don't realize that if you were getting 20 bites, you're probably now going to get seven or eight. And, and the um, fish are still there. They're not swimming great distances. I mean, that's my thing. So I have faced like the greatest cold front of all time in one open. And then it was kind of average, average, but a tougher bite in the other open. So, you know, I've spent some time in Florida, but on that cold front, like I I didn't know what to do or where to go because it was my first time down there and I'm fishing and I'm like, well, I know you're supposed to fish slow, but I also know I've got three days of practice. And if I fish slow, then I spend three quarters of a day down two different stretches 
And if I don't get bit there, then the hell do I do the next day? I got six other lakes that I could go to. And it was a total, I really struggled to get my head around it, which is what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, and it's all about, um, it's all about being able to find the right stuff uh, at the right times. And again, you know, there's a bit of luck that goes into it. And then of course, once you've been down there for several years, then you know what you're looking for and you don't have to get bites in those areas during that cold front practice period, like you were talking about, you just have to know where it's at so that you can roll in there during the tournament, give it a fair shake for an allotted amount of time and then move on. Mm -hmm. But, you know, so many factors come into play there, Matt, you know, if you've got a, a system like Okeechobee where wind becomes such a giant factor, you catch a North wind during that cold front and you found your fish on the North end. Okay. You've got the clear water situation that maintains, but you know what else you've got? You've got a dropping water situation. So if you found them in a foot and a half or two foot of water, most guys don't realize that about a foot of that sucks out and goes to the south end. There's the other side of that coin. The south end now has come up a foot and a foot and a half, but so it's pushed the fish to the clear water line or beyond. But at the same time, the next day, that's going to drop back out. And it's caused the water on that south end to get dirtier farther back in. It's just a balancing act, knowing that those are going to react. A lot of times down there, I have felt like I found, you know, a really good tournament finish on one end of the lake, catch a wind for two days and realize, well, that's out of play now. It's completely out of play. I don't even go. Don't even waste the time because I have enough confidence. All right. I got enough stuff going around here. I'll survive this and, and, and I'll make adjustments on the water. And that's that's down there. The biggest key is. If you bay, if you put all your your uh, marbles in one jar, you're in trouble down there, bad trouble. You got a water clarity, um, you know, obviously cold fronts, wind, water level, water level, and that changes without rain. You yeah. know, not just from influx, but from wind. So you got to realize there's a lot of things you got to pay attention to. Yeah, I guess that's. I've never really understood. I've never really thought about it, but that that's why, you know, uh, a, a four day tournament on table rock, you know, you might see a free 22 pound bag, but as a whole, you know, it's going to be a consistency. Like look at the bull shoals results. Look at the table rock results. Look at the grand Lake results. You very rarely have an angler that rides a mega sack to victory. Uh -huh. When I Beca Because it's consistent. When I went on Toho in 15, the guy leading the tournament after the first day had 33 pounds. I had like 18. At the end of the third day, I'd caught him. He fell apart. You know, he just yeah. wasn't he went Because by. there's so many variables that you yep. just described that we just talked about. So it's virtually impossible to follow that yep. across four days and have four mega sacks. I'm thinking about that tournament that he, that even that Brett Height had. He didn't smash them all four days. He had an off day in there. Thinking about the one Bradley Hallman won. He he had a massive lead after two days and was barely like not barely. He still hung on, but was had to hang on the last two days. It's typically like in the hunt, in the hunt, mega sack, hang on, or mega sack, mega sack, suck, suck, and you're so far ahead. Like I'm trying to think of a Florida event where a dude just went out and went like 25, 25, 25, 25. I can tell you what it was. It was an FLW event, and Randy Tharp did it just exactly like that. On the last day, he didn't even need to catch one. He was so far ahead of everybody else. And I can't remember what year that was, 
but it had to be back before 15. It almost had to be uh, somewhere in that range. He had like 20-something, 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 and just blistered it. Tharp did it. But that's like one of the only ones you can remember that have been like that. Other than that, it's exactly what you said. It's like good, 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 off. But off is not way off. You know, um, 20, 20, 20, and then like 12 or 14 or 15. Yep. That's good stuff. Your top three baits in Florida, if you're going to go down there year in and year out, what are you making sure regardless? Let's do Okeechobee, Harrison, Kissimmee, Chain, any of those universal baits that are just, hey, this is on the front deck at all times in the spring. Yeah, that's that's a pretty easy uh that's a pretty easy thing for me because those are the three that stayed there for the last 20 years. And um, it's a uh, missile baits, baby D bomb without question. The number one by far, 100%. Um, the next one is a chatter bait, a thunder cricket or something of that nature. And then the third one is a Cinco. Those are the three that I have literally won everything, all the money that I've won in Florida over the 20 years. That's those three baits have been on it fall and spring all right one more florida question then we'll take a break and we'll come back uh and you've done a very good job of of educating us about florida which will work nice transition into what we're going to talk about in the second half of the show which is uh which i guess is your second career with future cast academy yeah and, and we'll get that but before i would be remiss i also have not asked a a, a florida aficionado what is up with the straight tail baits, whether it's a uh, bitters, a trick stick, a uh, Cinco, uh-huh. why in Florida does that play more so than anywhere else in the country? Because quite frankly, it looks ridiculous. And most of the color, I mean, it looks just like the stalk of grass that you're flipping it into. Like why in the hell is a fish eating that? And the big fish eating that too. Look at the one that was just one down here, Chad. The guy fished a hundred yard stretch in a popka for three days, fished 30 yards a day and fan casted for half an hour with a weightless Cinco before he would move his poles five feet forward. Ridiculous. There, well, there's the slow part. So those fish, are you know he's blind fishing for bedding fish obviously and it was uh it was one of those things why is because it's just going dead slow you can't go fast with that bait no matter if it's a missile quiver or you know like you said back in the day we used productos it was a straight tail worm oh yeah cinco all, all of that type of five to seven inch bait that doesn't have a lot of action because most of your anglers that don't understand Florida or betting fish or the two, those in that state, think that they have to have a moving bait or something with a lot of action to it. And that could be the farthest from the truth. So that's but why, why Florida for those fish. Is that just something that they just like and there's no way to really answer that? Like, why don't you do that on Table Rock? Oh, I do. Oh, you do? Oh, absolutely. With a Senko, with a straight tail. You just put it on a shaky head. Um, You can do that in Florida too, but the vegetation doesn't work if you're flipping flat reeds and and, and the edge of Kissimmee grass or holes in the Kissimmee grass. It just doesn't work very well mm -hmm. down there because of the vegetation. We don't have the vegetation here. So now it's trees, so it's a shaky head. and The quiver, the six and a half inch quiver is by far my best bait down here in the spring. By far. 
Okay. Just, so it's just something about those fish and their mood that time of year that you're wanting to keep something in the bed for a long time that's obtrusive but not intimidating to where they want to get the dang thing out. Yeah, so think about it this way, Matt. Is this how kind of how I look at it? They are pressured, they're up shallow, they're super vulnerable, and they're run over about 2,500 times in a day. <laughs> yeah. So they're skittish. So anything that isn't look like it's going to hurt them, if it's fish slow enough or remains there long enough and gets in the right position, you got it. That's my theory on it anyway. I think that's a pretty good overview. Who you got in the invitationals to the Elite Series? You got any anglers to watch out for right now that you think are are gonna are gonna really kick off 2023 with a bang? Uh, I've got a few that I'm keeping my eye on. So uh, care to share? I'm not. I'm not going to share. I don't want to jinx them. I don't want to jinx myself. I don't want to put anybody out there. Just give us the first letter of the last name of one of them. <laughs> Just the first letter of the last name of one guy that you're expecting big things out of in, in in at the first two stops in Florida. Well, okay. So I'm just going to kind of narrow that down a little bit. I'm just going to narrow it down to the Elite Series, which obviously yep. I left. But be, because we spent three weeks in January last year there together, um, we haven't talked at all, actually, in the last month or so, but yeah. I really think Swindle has a really good chance. Oh, mm. Because he? he and Gerald fish together, he would do his thing and I would do my thing. And so we picked up on each other's deal pretty well. And he I like it. knows everything that I was looking for and I know everything he looked for because we spent every day together. Oh, that's so, phenomenal. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would put I'd hedge a big bet that way. Ooh, I like it. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, uh, we are going to talk future cast academy and plans moving forward with uh, uh, retired elite series angler Chad Wargatdaler, but hardly retired when it comes to uh, impact and uh, movement in the industry. So BTL on a Wednesday. It is February eighth as you can see from the sign behind me, and we will be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler design function and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96-inch wide-body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough. And I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what yeah. I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the Turn bottom around. of my jacket. Right when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up. You're bad about getting water, runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down range. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got no pockets in the Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water man. 
membrane. That's 30K, baby. 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet. Super warm. If it's cold in the wintertime, you put on your hydronaut, you're gonna be a much more comfortable person. If you don't wanna just look sexy at Dairy Queen, where are your hydronauts? We got it from small to 5X. Most rain gear does not come in that many sizes. You got waist adjusting straps. We can make it fit you. No matter what the environment is, we want you to be comfortable. We want you to be dry. You gotta check it out. They ain't gonna let you down. Shoreline Boat and RV. Dock rash, storm damage, collision repair. That deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prized possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatAndRV.com. Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. Elite Series Pro Daryl Gleason here. My Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. All right. Welcome back, BTL, on a Wednesday with Chad Morgan Taylor. And, and uh, unintentionally, I think you you caused a lot of our live viewers to frantically go change their Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing rosters <laughs> to include the G-Man on it. I kind of thought that might be the case. I uh, I have been, you know, it's interesting. I've never been able to play that before, and everybody always calls me wanting picks for each event, and they still do, which is oh, great. You can, you can yeah. win now. I can play now, I think. I think I'm eligible. Yeah, you 100% could win. Yeah, I could, Um, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to watch from the sidelines right now, at least this year anyway. Let's see if they got some decent prizes this year. I haven't even looked at that. I know if you if you get on, it is uh, Bass Talk Live on uh, the Rapala Bassmaster Fantasy Fishing. Join that league. Winner of that league at the end of the year will get a Denali seven foot. You know what? We're going to switch it up. We're going to go with Michael Neal's new rod that he is coming out with the seven foot six inch spinning rod. It's what he does for all of his open water uh, open water stuff and. Uh, a guest appearance on BTL at the end of the year if you win the overall uh, BTL fantasy fishing group. So sign up for that. Uh, all right, let's get to the prizes and see what you could win. See, this is this is this is uh, interesting to me because there used to be just crazy prizes, right? Like we had Brett Hyde on; it was like a million dollars. Hulk Hogan was like, I. You know, do you were you fishing FLW then, or were you at Bass when Hulk Hogan was the? I was with FLW. Okay, so yeah, like Hulk Hogan's walking around, and you're like, wait a second, I might try to make a living at this, and there's a fantasy fishing guy that's going to win a million bucks. Is is uh, when did we start doing our deal? Me and you? Yeah. It would have been. Uh, I think I started going to him in 2007. 
Why? And then my five. So it had to be, we had to be there together. We may not have started our thing yet, but. Yeah. I think my very first year where I went to all of the, uh, all of the uh, FLW tour events, it was the year that it was like, no one wanted to win it at the end at the Detroit river. David Dudley ended up winning that angler of the year. I think it would have been Oh eight. Yeah. I was, there. and we would do a preview. I would fly in and then I would go to your camper You'd be camping with Glenn and we would do a preview of every event and then like a wrap up afterwards. Isn't it kind of funny? We're first full circle now. We're kind of doing previews of events now again, only after 19 years of me being there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely insane how uh, it's insane how fast time flies. Crap. At this point, I'm just glad to still be here. You know, Glenn's not. Yeah, I know. I mean, It'll be, golly, I just, that, that, oh, you just got to live every day like it's your last. There's a handful of, handful of anglers in the community that you just, they're just genuinely good people. And you can tell that whether you're a fellow angler, uh, who's their friend, whether you're a competitor or whether you're in the media. Uh, and, and Glenn was one of those guys. Made me feel comfortable as a 23 year old kid out there. Like I had known him forever. Had, I mean, he was such a good dude. He was. He called it like it was, too. If yep. you did something stupid, he called you out on it. But if you did something great and he was there to congratulate you. Yeah. All, All right. Fantasy fishing. So the first place prize, this is what you're playing for, Chad, this year. <laughs> a a $2,500 uh, Bass Pro gift card. <laughs> I like this one. Just a, th a straight up thousand dollar check. I like that. Uh, Rappel prize pack, Can't including a, there's a touchscreen scale, uh, all sorts of Rappel stuff. Nice. Um, these are just individual tournaments. So each tournament, and then uh, there will be four individual tournaments. Second prizes. All right, let's get down to the grand prize. Grand prize, top season total. This is like the, the Bassmaster Classic of fantasy fishing. A $15,000 Bass Pro gift card. That's strong. Nice. $5,000 cash. That's good. A Rapala hat, t-shirt, and lures. Okay. Oh, this would be fun. Uh, one trip package uh, in the state of South Carolina to spend a day with Davey Height. There you go, David. In October of 2023. But he still probably knows how to catch one, I guess. And round trip airfare for that with spending money. Do you know what I seen on social media speaking to Davey Hyde the other day? I seen where he was on there doing the MC hammer dance on the front deck. Do you remember seeing video of that? Oh, he was doing it like in t like today, like in 2023. Yeah, he, no, no. It was from oh. back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's iconic. That goes up there with the uh with the ski re stance. And I can Ellie doing the uh yeah, the break dancing on the front deck. I'd say those are the three right there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The three yeah. simultaneously best and worst dances in the history of professional bass fishing. Yep. He had his tournament jersey on. Dave had his tournament jersey on and his old blue jean shorts that we wore back then that went down to your kneecaps. It was fantastic. I was the like, white, I the white high tops. Oh, the memories I've had over this deal, I tell you. It's the I wouldn't give them away for nothing. But anyways, 
I like that you have stayed true to the hat curve. Like there's been a lot of people that have, that have changed with the trends. Like it's weird to see a guy like go from curve build too flat or they'll do it, but you have, you have stuck with it tried and true throughout the, throughout the change in the bill styles. Thanks for, I appreciate that. And <laughs> Matt, I gotta be honest with you. What, I mean, that's just me. I'm not a flat brimmer. Not that there's anything wrong with it other than if it's on James Watson's head. James does not look good in a flat brim hat. I told him that years ago. And he switched. He used to be a curved guy. He, and then he just decided one day. Yeah. I think I think his drill sergeant day screwed him up so bad. But <laughs> uh, anyway, James, you know I'm jacking with you. Uh, uh, all right. This is, uh, this is one of the other reasons I wanted to get you on. And I think when we had you on in june or july of last year when you had kind of decided that you were retiring you had you had mentioned that you had something else in the works but it wasn't it wasn't finalized this this thing is formalized now the future cast academy uh along with uh billy and brian snowden and dave mansu and you and dave and brian all kind of live in the same community and hang out with each other and kind of have the same deal going it's really cool uh Talk about what the heck this is. I'll pull it up on the uh, internet or on the screen here, so the listeners and viewers or viewers, well, you can't see it if you're a listener, but you, if you're a listener, you can go look at it then. But talk about what Futurecast Academy is in detail. Well, Futurecast Academy is um, basically a skill development opportunity for anglers of all ages. You know, what we wanted to do was uh, with me and Brian and Dave we're, and Billy, we're all passionate about the sport and the industry. And of course, I didn't when I so-called retired, I didn't want it to be a retirement. I'm just moving on. And I thought, what better way to do that um, than to help anglers, you know, develop no matter what stage of life they're in. Um, I feel like that I have something that. I can offer and Brian does and Dave does and Billy does. So, you know, we got together and decided that <clears throat> since we all guide here anyway, uh, and, you know, Brian retired out the year before I did and we were going to implement it then, but then I stayed in for an additional year. So we got together and started brainstorming and started working on, you know, services that we were going to offer and, how everything was going. It's because we've all been involved with the high school programs and who we wanted to network with. It's like, man, we, you know, we've got a lot of great information to pass along. And we touched on it earlier, Matt. I really don't have anything to hide anymore. I'm not in competition. I fish around here, but at the same time, I want to share before I get to a point where I no longer can, whether it's physically or whatever that, and I, and I want to help continue where I started back in Southern Illinois with the Pinnacle High School program back in 2005-ish range, you know, and, and, and was one of three that helped start that and implement that and go on. And I thought, you know, okay, so that's for the kids. But I get hired by people all the time that want to learn electronics. They want to learn technique-specific stuff. I've had um, you know, parents bring their kids, their teenagers that are aspiring anglers to go on to the high school or collegiate level and train with me personally. And I love that. I love a focused angler that is wanting to learn no matter what it is. And it doesn't matter what skill level they're at. And so does everybody else with Future Cast Academy. 
So that's why we decided to go ahead and start a company that offered, you know, obviously we, we all offer guide services, but we wanted to offer multi-day classes and throughout as we, as we begin to progress, um, we're offering, um, we offered a one day, four hour class back last month for, um, bass fishing boat captains. And we put together a pretty nice little package where we taught conservation, fish care, just a lot of the things that some of the anglers or the boat captains or the parents don't know. And we had the, the water patrol there, the conservation, everybody's reaching out and wanted to be part of it because of the information that's delivered and taught. And so that's going to transfer on. We have two day classes, eight times a year for, like I said, anglers of any age that want to come, we're going to vet you when you come in. Uh, you'll have to do a skill dis development display, and then we're going to put you in a category and with an instructor that can teach you what you want and what we feel like you need to learn and to get better at. So it's um, that's what it's about. We offer all the classes. You've got it pulled up there. There's, like I said, eight of them. We did eight of them throughout the year because we mm -hmm. wanted to be able to have the opportunity to learn different fish patterns at different time of the year. It's kind of like fishing. Well, like the Bassmaster Classic is almost always a cold water tournament in, in February or March. Well, that can only go so far. To become a diversified angler, you have to experience all these different things. Uh, so we're offering that here this year on Table Rock. Like I said, it's a Saturday, Sunday class for the two-day classes. And uh, there's a lot of information. But the cool part is, we're going to put you in the classroom for four hours, not the whole class. We're going to split you up classroom for four hours. And then you're going to apply it on the water for four hours every day. You've got to apply that and be instructed hands on in a boat two students per instructor. And that is so important. You can't teach some of those things in the classroom. It just doesn't happen. And you can't teach it all in two days. And we're trying to keep the price to where it's affordable. And, um, like I said, then we also wanted the opportunity for a continuing program. So we offer virtual training um, with those. If you attend the class, you automatically get a 30 minute. Thanks. Thanks to our uh, partner X2 batteries. They're going to provide a continuing educational program that gives you 33 minutes with an instructor. If you've gone through that and then you have the option of continuing on. Because, Matt, you know as well as I do, mm -hmm. we talk about it. Your network is invaluable. So the more the people that you learn from, the more people that you see, the more people you've got in your hip pocket that you can you can be with and become – it just makes you better anglers. It exposes you to more information, more instances. So there you go. I, I was actually really fortunate. I had a some team guys from California fly out, train with me for three days. Um, they had done some virtual stuff, said we got to come do hands-on with you. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, come on. And, and so this has become a thing that has become uh more popular over the last couple of years. I, I want to say the first one uh that I, I remember was Kurt Dove's Pro Bass Camp. Dave Mansu comes down and helps with it. I think have you helped with that before? Uh I have no. been in contact with Kurt a lot. I yeah. help Kurt and we're gonna work together and network because he's got a great program going. It, it is, and I think he's 11 or 12 years into this thing with his pro bass camp at Amistad. He does one up at uh, at uh, in New York now, uh, and it's it's more of a labor of love. If you knew all the stuff he had to go through with the uh, insurance and the kids, the high school kids, getting yeah. them there and picking them up, like he's not uh, 
he's not uh by louis vuitton's with what he's making on the it's it's basically because he was in basketball and wanted to do it but then you know we've had marty stone on before he's doing a thing out in kind of the north carolina area where i want to say it's almost like the simon cowell tough love camp where he gets in your boat and, and is like brutally honest with what you're doing wrong at it uh but what i like about uh the future cast academy is it's not just high school kids or it's not just one angler it offers uh potential like you said for boat captains for dads for high school coaches for aspiring anglers uh and then that you split it up with multiple days in the boat with a two to one student to instructor ratio and all of the things that you cover in that yep it's it's a little different you can make a weekend out of it with your with your son or daughter and you can both you can both learn from it. It's not a drop your son or daughter off and they have the camp and you have to fit. You can do that if you want to. But if you want to go yep. for less than two grand, both of you can have one-on-one instruction. You can learn from your guy when you're in the boat what's important for you as the boat captain and as the high school fishing dad or whatever you want to and then your kid can learn the techniques and you know electronics and things like that is that a fair assessment of it absolutely you hit it on the head we wanted to be family oriented um you know uh parent and then also team partners it doesn't matter yeah team partners the whole nine yards yeah and like if you you know when you when you expose what information where you're at as an angler you know, we'll take you on. You can't, uh, not everybody wants to go to the highest level of sport, but there are some people that did. So we have to, we had to uh, offer a variety. Now we can specialize train as well. And we all have our individual things that we work through as well. Just like, uh, I think we mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're partnering with half past first cast. Um, just had Pete on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we're doing like specialty trips. Um, Hannah is a detail oriented person. She's putting together uh, a trip down here at um, in the Ozarks for anybody that either just wants to go fishing or if you if it needs to be an instructional deal, it can be. And we're going to do one day on Table Rock, one day on Bull Shoals. And that's in April. You know, so it's like perfect timing. And that's just some of the things that we want to be diversified in. We don't want to back ourselves into a corner. We want to offer something for everybody because me, me, most of us have been everywhere in this nation that has a fantastic fishery Mm -hmm. multiple times. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm really exploring the idea of, and I've been approached about going up to the St. Lawrence river for a month in the summer. And, and I've already had guys ask me, will you take me there? And then Okeechobee, I had a, I had a couple of guys approach me about Okeechobee and say, I wish we would have thought of this earlier. Mm-hmm. And now we would have loved to there with you for a couple of weeks. But it's stuff like that. And Hannah's great with that. Um, and then, you know, the other networks, like JP Sill and the, the National Youth Fishing Association, we got partnered up with them last month. They've got a great program. It's all scholarship funded, you know, uh, monies in the tournaments. So we're really trying to be a very diverse, but at the same time, whatever it is you want to learn, we can help you out. We can fast track you to becoming a better angler and and and, and do it at, at a reasonable cost in a reasonable time frame. Listen, I don't think people realize if you're not from that Ozark area and haven't fished Table Rock much, 
which is the lake that you live on, which I would assume where most of this instructional is going to go down. This isn't, this isn't like a, it, I mean, it can be, it's fishing, so you can't guarantee anything, but you're talking all three species uh, and the majority of the times when you're there, given weather or some unforeseen thing, you, you get bites, you get feedback on that lake. It is, it is a lake that is incredibly healthy right now with a really good population of fish uh, from the rivers to the main lake, to creeks, pockets, backwaters, top waters, hundred foot deep it doesn't matter what you want to do it is a lake where if you want to learn and you learn from getting feedback you get feedback on table rock lake the majority of the time which makes it an awesome learning lake an awesome teaching lake i couldn't agree more you know you have every type of vegetation or every type of cover other than vegetation that you can fathom docks trees laydowns you have dirty water Stained water, clear water, deep water, shallow water. You named it all, Matt. It's all here. It's all applicable. And with our population, you're, you hit it dead on, especially with the spots and the small mouth. And then, of course, the large mouth. You get to learn. You do have to fish different areas of the lake. You get to learn how, okay, different patterns present themselves, even even if it's different species and it's the exact same time of the year, the small mouth will be doing one thing. The spots will be doing another. The large mouth will be doing something different and you get to experience that and have success doing it. So we, I'm not going to say we, we, we just, we are going to continuously monitor what we're doing and feedback mm -hmm. and um, try to make and have the best program that's possible where we we've working with Drury university and their fishing team. Oh yeah. They've got an established fishing team for a long time. Yeah. And then, um, you know, a lot of this came about too, whenever I got to network with the Bassmaster had me in at their combine, they had at Wheeler Lake in October. How was that? Cool. That was really cool. Opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, and I got to network with the college coaches uh, from LSU, you know, and the, the Auburn and learn, learn the inside portions of that from them over the couple of days that I was there. It was really nice and uh, had a lot of inquiries about from parents and students, knowing where they wanted to go, knowing what they wanted to do, because it was all juniors and seniors for the most mm -hmm. part. There were a few sophomores there, but and um, so, yeah, it, it's it's that type of building block. That's what we want to want to do, but it was really really cool thing. To Listen, I want to. I I don't want to pretend like I'm trying to build this thing up. This is a deal that you guys are looking at. You know, Brian retired from the Elite Series. Mansu Law Enforcement is fish at the top level. Bassmaster Open champ. You just retired from the Elite Series as well. I mean, this is what you're trying to build into your job, basically your second career, right? Yeah. And, I exactly right so you i mean there's a lot of a lot of knowledge btl i'm i mean i hopefully it sounds like i might be a part of a couple of these uh future so, cast academies depending on my schedule and how it works out um but not sponsored by btl like i'm getting nothing this is not a a plug for your camp it's just i see value in this stuff i see value in the stuff that pete robbins does and and that's literally what it comes down to it, it's good stuff. And that I think that's a very reasonable price for 800 bucks for two full days. When you consider that a guide trip now is I would say averaging what? 650. Yeah. We get 600 a day down here. Just yeah. 600 a day. Uh huh. So there's 1200 bucks. So you're saving 400 bucks and it's going to be a complete instructional. <laughs> 
situation and you're going to go eight to 10 hours a day in the classroom and on the water. So you're going to apply everything. Um, and hopefully we can drive those costs down with, if we keep getting partners that come aboard, uh, we're going to continue to pass that, that cost savings along. So, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all great stuff. We, we really feel like we're on the right track. We'll make some mistakes, but at the same time, we have a lot of information to pass along. And if you're serious about it, does, it doesn't matter where you want to go with it. Life throws changes. If you just want to become a better angler and understand fish patterns and presentations mm-hmm. and lures better, it's a good class for you. I remember, so the time that I've spent on the water with you on Table Rock over the last like four years, I remember one thing that stuck out with me was uh, you were on, we were fishing a point and there were fish out on the point in like 30 foot of water. And it was very interesting to me how you attacked that point and paid such close attention to angles and the angle with which your bait was coming across that point where it was hitting the edge, where it was hitting the little current break in it, whether you were hitting it dead on, there were certain angles that you didn't want to, it was really cool to watch you work around and hit the different angles that if I had not been in the boat with you, I would have, uh, and you were like, Hey, go fish that point. I'm going to pull up. I'm going to fish the right side of the point. I'm going to fish the left side of the point, but to see in your mind, how you were trying to trigger bites based on how you made your angle cast, like that's valuable stuff that you can then take to other fisheries across the country. And the only way you can learn that is to be in the boat with someone who has done that hundreds and hundreds of times and knows that there's certain little nuances that can trigger bites that most of the guys aren't getting. You know, and, and every every angler has their little things that they do, and some of them are better than others. Just, uh, you know, I've struck out doing so many things, probably more times than I have been successful. And those are the things. I've spent thousands of hours learning, not getting rewarded for it, and then a few hundred hours being rewarded. So you really tend to, to focus in on those mm-hmm. and pay attention to the minute details. It's just like what we talked about in Florida, the minute details from what type of vegetation are you thick or are you thin? Knowing all of your vegetations, how are they going to position themselves in there? Are they going to be on the bottom? Are they going to be up against the top of it? And if so, how do I need to present everything? It's just stuff like that that understand if you can get people to, to understand and to listen to you and to get to share those uh, different experiences that, um, you know, like like you just mentioned, um, it just, it just makes you be, become more aware, makes you a better angler. And, um, yeah, that's one of the things we want to pass along. Plus you guys probably have fun too, doing it all together. We are going to- <laughs> <laughs> you guys hang out anyway. Yes. Well, you've been here enough, you know, Oh yeah. we, we, we eat good. We have a good time. We laugh a lot and we work hard. Do you guys ever have, I know you flip flop between your place and Dave's place, but does Snowden ever have people over for dinner? Or is that too many people in the house at one time? Yeah, well, no. Brian don't hardly have people over because we're pretty, we're we're messy, and he has a spotless home. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking like if you go four people, that might be pushing the boundaries. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't really throw <laughs> that on him. It is a little too hard, and I wouldn't want to do that. He's a good guy. He has had me over, but usually it's by myself. Yeah, uh, future. <laughs> future cast academy all one word.com if you google it, it's the first thing that pulls up check it out if you have questions there's a contact up there there's pictures there's it's it's a really well done website chad and a day 
a day and age when you, when websites seem to be uh, harder and harder to find really easy, good, navigable ones. Like this is a good website to check it out. So if you're an angler, team partner, kid, whatever, go check it out. And there's definitely a class out of the eight that are out there right now that you can uh, you can roll the table rock. And then you, if you I mean if you want to, you can stay later and hang out on the Branson Bell and go catch a Dolly Parton show. And well, you know, Matt, that you touched on something right there that that was definitely in our plan. We're in a tourist destination area and a huge vacation area. So, you know, we offer classes throughout that time frame, but we have Branson, Silver Dollar City, um, Springfield. It's all very, very close. And the lake, obviously. Um, so, you know, and we have multi-species here too. There's trout fishing in Tanny Como. I mean, there's tons of things to do here. And we wanted it to be something that, like you mentioned, families can come. And whoever is interested in becoming anglers can go through the class and they can then the rest of the family members, if they're not interested, they can do other things during the day, make a nice vacation out of it. That's good stuff. What else you got, Chad? Buddy, other than that, you know, it's been, uh, it's always a pleasure being here. I'm just staying busy. I'm just staying busy, man. And I don't know, I don't know how I found time to fish most of the time. I fish a few local derbies around here, which is a great way to stay in touch. I'm doing a lot of guide stuff. I'm getting to expand, and me and you have talked passionately about this before. Matt, the crappie fishing down here is unreal. I kind of nice. dialing in on that. I didn't realize the size of crappie that are in Table Rock Lake. I've never had the opportunity to fish with them in walleye. And I've been doing walleye and, and crappie trips lately, too, just in the wintertime to fill in when guys want it. Oh my goodness. There aren't there giant walleye in Table Rock? Like seven, eight pounders? Like six, seven, eight pounders? I can, there are. And and I've I've talked to guys that have caught some really big ones. Now, the most of them here are 18 to 25 inches long. Perfect eaters. Well, yeah, perfect eaters. And um, and then like the crappie, Matt, you'll get a hit out of this. I caught an 18 incher the other day. Oh, that's pushing three pounds. Was it Maybe. black or white crappie? Is black in um yeah, it's like a high twos or low threes isn't it so it'll take seven fish they have little crappie derbies out of cape fair here and i may fish one on sunday they have seven fish and it usually takes between 12 and 14 and a half pounds with seven to win it wow are they run, uh, guys running to the muddy water or are you catching those in the clear mm -hmm. okay good good answer uh <laughs> it's it's a little bit of both um I have found them up both rivers and mm -hmm. on the main lake. So it literally, it, it literally is both, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's a really cool deal. It really is. Um, there was, like I said, I didn't think there was a big population in here and now all of a sudden my eyes were opened. So, it's weird uh, where they are too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Very weird. It was, uh, interesting. Jacob Wheeler had an article on a, a MLF, last month or something like that and he said if there's one thing that live scope has taught him it's that uh how little we actually know about the movements patterns and behaviors of bass and that all it's done is throw seasonal patterns out the window yep and speeds and bait and lure selections um me and brian was probably on the front line of garmin's back about six years ago i guess it's been now mm -hmm. and um we had it here and we went out i remember our first trip me and him went a rigging here on table rock and it was winter time it was december water, or january water temperature was 38 degrees and we were catching them in 30 to 50 foot in the tops of trees on a rigs and could not fathom how fast they were 
you couldn't take the bait away from him. We both just looked at each other and we we're like, well, so much for soaking a jerk bait until the hooks rust off of it. Yeah. You know, and going that slow because they're you, darting. Yeah. Oh, just in wads of them. Like not just in competition mode, but just streaking like it's summertime. Insane. Completely changed our thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You t- talk about fishing in the winter time. So uh, you remember Kevin Ledoux who fished a elite oh, yeah. series for a number of years. So he we fished a little jackpot a lot at uh, at a local lake, and uh, it's got it's got biggins in it. I mean, it's no secret what it is, but uh, it, and uh, so we fish on Sunday, right? And it's post cold front. It's forty one degree water, and. I, I realized at like 10 that we had run through every single excuse known, not enough wind. That's why they weren't eating the trap. Uh, massive post cold front bluebird <laughs> skies and their Florida strains in there. So obviously the Florida strains aren't going to been a tournament there the last couple of weeks. And there was like 25 boats. So man, every single point here has seen so much pressure. These fish are running from the, from the a rigs and you know we're just talking about it i'm like god we've literally just used every excuse in the boat and then it was one of those derbies where at like noon i suggested you know we we could just put it on the trailer and and go crappie fishing (laughs) but we stuck it out until two there you go kevin had one bite we zeroed we put it on the trailer and headed down the road yep and And i was like man it was just freaking tough like you saw a bunch of guys moving. You could tell they weren't catching them. Uh, did not find out until the day, the following day, there's a guy who posted uh, that he had three for 19 and did not win, but did get big bass with his eight plus, And it took 28 pounds to win the tournament. I was getting ready to say, did it take over 20 to win? Probably 20, 28 to win it is very, very humbling. Chad, that happens, you know, and you're going to run across those instances, but the more that you do it, the more you realize I'm just, I'm either in the wrong area, I'm doing the wrong thing, or it's a little bit of both. And um, one of the things that I try to really instill into anglers that are there for instruction, that are with me for instructional purposes is probably the biggest difference. Everybody asks, so what's the biggest difference between an elite series angler and, you know, another angler, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I was like, you know, well, First of all, you got to realize the just sheer amount of hours that we eat, breathe, live, and spend on the water. That's it. So we see it 10 times more than most people, all the conditions, and we travel all over the nation. So we experience all of that. But it's basically knowing and never being settled. You are never, if you've got a 20 pound bag, you know you need a 25 pound bag. If you've got 20, everybody started at 20. It's never. Mm-hmm satisfied with what you have it's moving at a drop of a hat and it's not worrying in practice about what you said earlier having to fish a hundred yard stretch during the cold front are they here or are they not here can i get a bike so that i can come back we don't care you fish from gut instinct and you will make it all develop and happen that particular day and in that hour in that instant and you capitalize on it whenever it presents itself and you just hope that you put yourself in that position throughout that tournament on multiple occasions, you know, and yeah. your homework is what it is. And, uh, you know, everybody's a little bit different and there's so many great anglers, but that's, that's probably the biggest difference, you know, and I don't care if it is a $60 50 boat tournament that only pays 500 to win. 
I will spend $100 in gasoline running on Table Rock to get to the places that I think I need to be. Whereas some guys say, well, it's not worth it. We'll just stay here within two miles of the boat ramp. You can do that. You can choose mm-hmm. that. And then at the end of the day, if you haven't caught them, you're in trouble. Yeah. That, that's good stuff to end it on. Uh, anything else before I let you go here, Chad? Other than I really appreciate uh, everybody that has inquired about Futurecast Academy. I really want to extend a huge thanks out to my partners, uh, Dave, Mansu, Brian Snowden, Billy Elbert, and of course, you, Matt, BTL, um, you guys are great. I hope to see you guys, Matt. I hope you get to take part in our uh, as one of our instructors in our program. I feel like you got a tremendous amount of information also to relay. Your it's the dink and dunk, man. The wacky worm, the drop shot, the net rig. Yeah, yeah. You remember our glide bait days that we spent here on Table Rock? A hundred percent. Yeah. You. So that was another thing that I learned with you. So I was. Uh, I, we I had, that day though yeah well i feel like i had been like hey dude like they'll eat the glide bait out here but then when i went with you you were like dude you gotta i'll say you gotta speed that thing up like you gotta give them a reason to eat it because i'm like watch this and it's like follow 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 and then you're like let me see that thing and then you cast and you start messing with it and they instead of follow they'd like just bum rush it and and dominate it And, and i was like dang like I'd fished a Toyota there before, and I was like, I left a lot on the freaking table. I left a lot on the table of followers when all it was was a couple hitches. Yeah, that was yeah. a great day. That was a very fun day. You know, that's that's just uh, two guys getting together that fish a lot that can work together, identifying a problem, and then trying to fix it that day. And that's exactly what we did, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. You got it out, said, can I throw this? I'm like, well, of course you can. And then we seen, but we were having troubles with the floor. And then we, we figured it out. And um, so it, it was, uh, it was cool for the both of us. I think, I think there was a very, a lot to take away, but that's part of that network. That's part about being in a boat with an angler who has experienced a lot of things, you know, and uh, yeah. even though your career hasn't been that long, you've been around a lot. You've been a lot of places and, and, um, you know, you, you've come up with some really cool stuff. So you make a good instructor. But like our instructors here, you know, the people we're reaching out to is, you know, Stacy King. Yeah, um, obviously, we call him the fish whisperer here. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we've got we've got a lot of heavy networking guys here that uh, are really going to be able to add a lot to people that got I mean, not just us. All right, Chad, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for jumping on btl for uh for today's show and i'll be in touch thanks matt always a pleasure all right see ya all right that was chad morgan taylor uh good stuff on florida in the beginning really good stuff on florida uh because i think a lot of us you just you just say these just verbal diarrhea on these things about florida coal front cinco slow moving baits but it's cool to have someone who's been there who understands why it happens where it happens uh and what the actual deal is kind of explain it um if you plan on fishing it that's some very educational stuff for you in the future if you plan on watching uh bass live the bpt the mlf invitational stuff over the next couple weeks hopefully that gives you a little bit better understanding of of what you're watching and why and what these guys have to go through and decision making that they have to make down in florida then obviously future cast academy 
and all that those uh that those three guys have going on there. I still so like I used to film uh film some like social media stuff for the guys and the last time I went down there, but probably three years ago now. Uh and I, you know, they like team up and I shoot stuff with like Chad and Dave and Snowden. And uh, I remember it was funny. Like I have like a little day rate and stuff. And I ended up coming home with no day rate from Chad and no day rate from Snowden. But I had some reels from Chad and a reaction innovations, barely legal vixen from Snowden. And I felt like I had freaking won the lottery. I was like, dude, that's awesome. I got reels to use now. And I got this crazy one of a kind OG vixen from Snowden. Of course, he had it like hung perfectly on his wall. And I'm like, what's this? And he's like, oh, you know what that is, do you? And, and uh, he said, well, you, you want that? So that's how I got that stuff. That'll never, uh, that'll never see the water. And I still use like all six of the uh, lose reels that Chad hooked me up with for that. Like they are still in the rotation. So, all right, we're going to take our final break of the show. When we come back, talk a little bit about day four with Frank Scalish. Uh, and then a guest for next week that I'm excited to have on, uh, who just won a major tournament on Havasu BTL on a Wednesday. We'll be back right after this. Great thing about the new sensation soft plastics from big bite baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the cliffhanger worm and the ram tail craw. Great for a flipping jig football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country, and I think it's gonna catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the matte sexy shad just a really different looking color for a crankbait so you want to give them a little different look that matte sexy shad is definitely the one to go with all these colors are available in the original little john and the md are you looking to install your own fishing electronics the solution is the bass tank power harness it takes the guesswork out of installation no more voltage issues or interference designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the deep dive app today. Look at that beast right there. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. 
You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Having confidence in your tackle while on the water is one of the main things to success in my opinion. In the last couple of years with Denali, I've had just that. From anything from spinning rods, casting rods, tungsten products, even now to casting and spinning reels, I have the confidence to go out there and get the job done and know that all my equipment is gonna handle it and do it just the way I want it. The thing about Denali is you've got great quality products at a great price point, so make sure you check them out. All right, we are back. BTL on a Wednesday. Big shout out to Chad Morgan Taylor. Tomorrow, day four with Frank Scalish. We'll also announce the winner of the uh, color number seven uh, one knocker spook uh, that is given away. Lots of guys. Uh, and, and basically, you have until uh, midnight tonight. If you have BTL gear, just tag me and Frank. Uh, in it on social media. If you don't have Instagram or Facebook, you can also just send a picture to me, Matt at Basso.com. And then we're just randomly going to pick one of those, uh, one of those people who put it up there wearing the BTL gear. Speaking of which I finally got in like the hoodies that have been up for like ever uh, on the website uh, shop BTL on basszone.com. I think this is like a $40 hoodie or something, but it's got like, it's really soft has fleece lined. This is a large, uh, it'd been up there. I just had not ordered any for myself. So I was like, Hey, uh, I called Catherine at the uh, printing company and was like, Catherine, shoot me a couple of my, the products that I helped, you know, design the logo and stuff. And she's like, okay. Uh, love this one. So it's available day four stuff still available from uncle Frank. Uh, and I think that's all we got day four tomorrow, next week. Really excited. Uh, on Wednesday, Todd Klein is going to be on the show talking about the cool baits underspin, talking about the parallels between big money professional surfing and big money professional bass fishing, talking about fishing out west, guiding, what's going on at Lake Mead. Really excited to have Todd Klein on uh, next week and then stay tuned to BassZone.com for more information. Uh, I do want to get this in. Like I said, three more days that I'll be talking about it. This Saturday, the 11th, I will be at the Giesenbrauer Beer Company in New Prague, Minnesota for a St. Jude Dick Hiley Bass Classic Invitational Fundraiser. Me and Adam Bartuzek uh, from the Crappie Chronicles, along with all the Crappie Chronicle guys, uh, Griff, Matt, Ryan, all those guys are going to be there. Break your PB beer. Uh I'm bringing over $2,000 worth of raffle prizes. You like pay, I think like 10 bucks to get in, you get a couple raffle tickets and then, uh, and then it's like five for 20, uh, five or 20 or five bucks. I don't know. Adam Bartuzek is, is dealing with the raffle stuff. But if you are in that Southern Minnesota area, new Prague, Minnesota, Giesenbrauer beer company, February 11th, Saturday night, the night before the Super Bowl, 5 PM, to 10 p.m. I just got the box of BTL stuff in. I'll be giving out uh, BTL decals. I have 20 uh, BTL Richardson 112 hats to give away. All sorts of stuff. Really looking forward to that one. All right. That's all we got for today. We will talk to everybody tomorrow. See ya.